Welcome to Get Real Health. I'm your host, Dr. Chana Davis. This show cuts through the noise to give you science-based insights from real experts so that you can make smart, healthy choices. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. I am kicking off the year with something that I haven't actually done yet, which is an introductory podcast to welcome you to the show and to tell you a bit about my mission and about me. I was inspired to create this episode because I've been talking to a lot of friends and family about my love of podcasting. And it's come up a lot that people really appreciate getting to know their host a bit because you're building a relationship. So I wanted to just share a bit about myself, my personal perspectives and where I'm coming from and what I'm trying to do here. So let's get started with my mission. I have a twofold mission. And the first mission is about giving you credible, actionable, practical information that you can use to make informed choices about your health. That's fairly straightforward. I want to be a resource that you can rely on. You can know that everything has been very well vetted. Unfortunately, resources like this are few and far between these days, and we are very much crowded out by all of the noise and all of the hype and all the fads that are trying to sell you something. There's absolutely no agenda here besides to give you information that you can use to make informed choices. The second part of my mission is about science literacy and understanding how science works. I can't be a one-stop shop and cover every topic. That's not really anything that anyone can do for you. So we all need to learn to become better at discerning which information to believe and which information not to believe. Some of that is about understanding red flags of what a good source and a bad source looks like. And some of that is about understanding how science works and coming to terms with the fact that science is not a set of facts. It is a process of learning and it is a system of building knowledge and that it's always an evolving process. And I think trust in science is so low right now that that is an important part of my mission is to help bolster trust in science by just looking behind the curtain to talk about how science actually happens and who does it. And that's why when I talk to my guests, I want them to share practical, actionable advice, but I also want them to talk about what we don't know, the limitations of our knowledge and how we're learning, which studies are behind the recommendations that they give and why there's often a lot of uncertainty that remains and why each situation is different. All of that, I think, is just as important as the bottom line advice that I want you to help get access to from true experts in the field. Those are the two pieces of my mission. And now I want to spend a few minutes talking about myself, which honestly feels a bit uncomfortable because really, for me, the stars of the show are my guests. I go through a lot of effort to pick out people who have the training and the -the on-the-ground experience and the integrity and the science communication skills to be able to deliver everything that I want you to have. I want every minute that you spend with me to be time well spent. And I see my guests as the ones that provide that information for you. But since you're meeting with me on a regular basis, you might as well know a little bit about me and about the experiences that shape where I'm coming from. So I'll go ahead and share a bit about myself here, a bit more of sort of an abridged scientific bio, I guess. So I'm a geneticist by training. I have a PhD in genetics, which I'll get to in a moment. But my story starts with just being a very curious child and always being fascinated by nature versus nurture and why we are the way we are. So for me, Genetics was always the most natural science to study because it fundamentally explains at least some of why we are the way we are. And I really fell in love with genetics in high school. I remember doing a project back then and it continued to be my interest all the way through university. I did my undergraduate in genetics here in Vancouver at UBC. And then when I finished my undergrad degree, 
I knew I wanted to do a PhD in genetics, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And honestly, my thinking didn't really go much farther than simply saying to myself, well, I've really only scratched the surface with this undergraduate degree. And if I want to do anything further, I clearly need to learn more. I was fortunate to get accepted into graduate school in genetics at Stanford. So I moved from Vancouver to California when I was, I think, about 21 years old. And I was also fortunate to land in an exceptional lab. I was working under Dr. Pat Brown, who is a biochemist slash geneticist and made some really incredible foundational contributions to biology, but also was a pioneer in technology development. And he had helped to democratize a technology called microarrays, which we can use to look at what's going on inside cells in a very detailed way and to look at many different biological samples at once in a great amount of detail. So it was really an amazing time in science. And we had so many brilliant people in the lab at the time that I learned from. And We were probing fundamental biological questions using a new tool that allowed us to look at normal tissues and at tumors and to understand what's going on at a very cellular level. To be specific, we were looking at not necessarily which genes were there, but we were looking at which genes were being turned on or expressed in different cells at different points in time. So for my thesis work, I looked first at normal different immune cells like T cells and B cells just to ask very fundamental questions like, which genes are being turned on in a T cell or a specific type of T cell in a normal, healthy individual? And how is that different from a B cell or a different sublineage of a B cell? So I was doing basic characterization of immune cells as the first part of my thesis work. And that theme of understanding normal biology as an important foundation is something that's been a thread throughout my career and still stays with me now. The second part of my thesis was about understanding the human microbiome and the development of the gut bacteria or microflora. And I looked specifically at healthy newborn babies because again, we don't even understand what the normal process looks like. So we can't start to understand an abnormal process until we understand the normal process and how much variation there is there and what healthy looks like. I recruited healthy pregnant women and then we collected feces samples from their babies over the first year of life and then characterized them using a tool called a DNA microarray that examines which bacterial species are present by using DNA as a fingerprint for bacterial species. And that project also forced me to develop a basic toolkit in bioinformatics or computational biology to actually design these kind of fingerprint probes that can help you determine which species are present in a microbial sample. So that's a very quick description of my thesis work. And after that, I shifted my focus towards cancer early detection. And I spent several years working at a nonprofit where the goal was to figure out how we can catch cancer early. So what are some biomarkers or biological signals that you can use to know that you have cancer early? Ideally, we wanted a non-invasive blood test, but we realized we probably had to have an imaging component as well. That problem is still not solved. The tools for cancer early detection are still far from adequate. There's definitely some value there already, but there's a long way to go. And it's a very humbling field to work in. We definitely need to explore that topic in more detail in the future. The next area I worked in was in biotech. I worked at Genentech in a department that specialized in what's called companion diagnostics. So cancer treatment at that time was just evolving to a point where we can develop personalized targeted therapies that actually treat the underlying cause of your tumor. Cancer therapies traditionally were very generic and targeted things like cell division in general, but every tumor has a unique underlying cause. And ideally, you want to have a therapy that addresses the underlying cause of your cancer. So I was working in a group that was the diagnostic side of it. So trying to figure out for a new therapeutic that would be launched, 
how can we use diagnostic tests to figure out which tumors or which people are most likely to respond to this particular treatment. And that's still a huge and very important area of all of medicine. This personalized therapies is figuring out in advance the actual underlying causes so that we can then provide the medicines that are appropriate for the specific molecular things that are going wrong. And I think I got a flavor back then of that medicine. We tend to think of breast cancer, we label it and think of it as a single disease, but really it's a whole variety of different sub-diseases driven by different molecular mutations and different pathways that have gone awry. That's another topic that would be fascinating to explore in future episodes. After that, I shifted gears and moved back to Vancouver where there wasn't a lot of biotech. And so I went back to the nonprofit world and I worked for a research funder who was funding a variety of biological medical research here at Genome BC. And I led a white paper on personalized medicine opportunities to help with research funding priorities. So it helped give me a good overview of the landscape of how medicine is getting more personalized and how our understanding of what's going on at a molecular level can allow us to give better care that's effective a greater percentage of the time and harmful a smaller percentage of the time. So after that, my life went a little bit upside down because I had twins. So I already had one child and then I had twins. So now I have three children. And after my twins were born, I didn't really feel like a full-time career was going to be a fit for a while. So I shifted gears and just asked myself, what am I really passionate about doing? So science communication became my passion project. And that has taken various forms over the past six, seven years. It started with kind of more blogging, and then it shifted to a bit of social media, which I'm still figuring out as I go. I started a newsletter, and then eventually three years ago, I started a podcast. So I don't talk about that a lot, but if you want to hear more of my content on different platforms, you should be sure to look me up using the handle Fueled by Science. So I have a website, fueledbyscience.com, and you can find me at Fueled by Science with one L in the Fueled. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. On my website is where you can sign up for my newsletter, where I also share some of the healthy recipes that my family and I consume on a regular basis. I think of my website as almost my personal cookbook of plant-based recipes that are family-friendly. I also have begun the last couple of years during the pandemic collaborating with a group called Those Nerdy Girls. So I write posts for them about COVID and other public health-related topics, and I also run their live Q&A sessions. So you can find some of my work there as well, where I've done a lot of content on rapid antigen testing, if you have any questions about that topic. So that's it for the science side of me. I thought I'd share a little bit about me personally. So aside from all the science stuff, if I am not podcasting or writing or blogging, I am probably making time to move my body. I just have to be active every day. I go for a lot of walks. I do some Peloton. I do some group workouts. I do some swimming and some yoga, a little bit of everything that keeps me sane and it keeps me healthy. So that's a really big priority in my life. Of course, my family is another big priority and all of the daily stuff it takes to keep your kids fed and healthy and active. That consumes a lot of my energy as well. Just some random likes and dislikes. Personally, I love black tea with oat milk in the morning. That's how I start my day. And then I graduate to coffee with almond milk. I also love dinner salads. I'm known for my mega salads with bean burgers and I love dark chocolate. So those are a few of my favorite things. And I love reading in the evening. Sometimes it's a kind of self-helpy kind of book. These days, a lot of midlife woman things. Sometimes it's just an escape. So those are a few things about me. I look forward to hearing any feedback you have on this episode, which is much more 
raw and personal than my episodes usually are, but I hope this little get to know you session is welcome. And I'm really grateful that you take the time to listen to me and that you're part of the force of good trying to make decisions based in evidence and not just following the hype and pseudoscience. We really need as many people as possible to be on the side of science and talking about science and talking about evidence-based decision-making. That's what we all need to be doing. So wishing you and your family the very best for 2023. Thank you again for joining me and for being on the side of science. Take care. 